Welcome, everybody, to the Parsha Parable Podcast with Rabbi Mordechai Kamenetsky. Parsha's Korach, this week's Parsha, epitomizes the essence of the quarrel for the sake of argument. And actually, the Mishnah in Avos, in the fifth chapter, the 20th Mishnah, says, Kol machlokas, shehul l'shem shamayim, sofel hiskayim. Any argument, any quarrel that is made for the sake of heaven, eventually it will last. But an argument, shalol l'shem shamayim, an argument filled with selfish motivation, it's not for the sake of heaven, it shall not last. And the Mishnah offers... Um, examples. What is a machlokas l'shem shamayim? What argument is there for the sake of heaven? That is the argument between Hillel and Shammai. And that is the case of a heavenly argument. What is the argument shalom l'shem shamayim? That is Korach and his congregation, Korach v'adaso. And those types of arguments, says the Mishnah, are doomed to fail. Of course, the Mishnah is referring to the episode of this week's portion. Korach was a first cousin of Moshe, contested the kahuna, the priesthood, he gathered 250 followers, he formed the congregation, and he openly rebelled against Moshe and Aaron, claiming that Moshe and his brother were underhanded and seized both temporal and spiritual leadership. So Moshe, in his great humility, he offered a solution by really getting divine intercedence that would point to the true leader. And Korach and his followers were eventually swallowed up by a miraculous variation of an earthquake. The earth opened its mouth and swallowed them. But let's go back to the Mishnah. The Mishnah tells us about an argument that's made for the sake of heaven will last. Well, what do you mean it'll last? Uh, don't you want the argument to end? It seems like that's an ongoing argument for proof of its sanctity and it shouldn't be the opposite. That's one anomaly. Another anomaly is that, referring to the kosher argument, the Mishnah says that the combatants are Hillel and Shammai. So you got Hillel on one side and Shammai on the other side. But when it refers to the argument that's considered egotistical, Shalol Hashem Shammayim, selfish, it says, who was the argument? Korach and his congregation. It wasn't Korach and his congregation. It was Korach and Moshe. So why is the latter part of the Mishnah consistent with the former part of the Mishnah? So I want to share with you a story, a true story, a great parable. It was in 1985, I began my first pulpit in an old shul called the Russian Shul in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I remember the shul, the scent of herring juice permeated the building, the benches didn't creak, they swayed. And you know those type of benches where you can put your fingernail in and take off about a hundred years of, of goo? Well, as old as the furnishings were, the membership was older, but the congregation spirit of tradition was very feisty and much more feisty than the physical appearance. So my first of the week, first week was Rosh Chodesh Iyar, Mavarchin Rosh Chodesh Iyar, you blessed the new month of Iyar, and that's when the trouble began. See, every Sabbath, you say Abarachamim, it's a somber prayer which memorialized Jewish martyrs during the era of the Crusades. But whenever there's a holiday or festive occasion, just like Shabbos of Archim, in deference to the spirit of celebration, then the prayer of Avarachman is omitted. But the month of Iyar is during Sphira, and there were 24,000 students of Rabbi Akiva who perished. It also was a time of crusades. So many congregations do recite Avarachman during Shabbos of Archim. Others don't. So I assumed my new congregation did the same. I recited Avarachim and I began singing, saying the Avarachim. All of a sudden, the guy gives a clap. 
Mizukhtishtabarachman. We don't say Abarachman today. We don't say it. We just made Bekirish Chayrish. And another guy gets up. It's not true. We say Abarachman Mitzira. And the guy says, no, you know, nothing. Well, we never say it when we've been to Shchidosh. You know, so we always did a Shchidosh here, yeah. And they're going back and forth. And I'm the new rabbi, so I don't know what to do. So before I continue the service, I, I sauntered over to the old shamus who was sitting quietly to the, uh, laughing and smiling through his whole tumult. And I asked him, so what's the minig of the shul? And he looked at the guys arguing back and forth. He says, this is the minig. So I think that's what the mission is telling us. It's giving us a litmus test. How do you know if there's validity to the argument? You know, an argument that envelops eternity, you know, will never end. The arguments of Shammai and Hill last until today in the halls and the classrooms of yeshivas and synagogues. We're fighting up Baya and Rava, Shammai and Hill. Those are arguments for the sake of heaven. Each one's view wasn't given for his own personal gain. It was argued for what does the Torah mean? But the Korach's battle, that was a battle of personal gain. So Moshe had no issue with him. It was a battle of Korach and his cohorts. It wasn't Moshe fighting with Korach. It was Korach and his cohorts fighting. So each of them had a different motivation. Some for themselves, some for honor, some because they joined the cult of Korach. So a battle with divine intent remains internal. In a healthy environment, there's room for healthy differences. And those differences will wax eternal. But differences that, unfortunately, are self-motivated, they will not last. Have a wonderful Shabbos.